Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Well, last uh, week we started talking about the need for believers to be able to understand the basics of their faith, to understand the reason why they do what they do, why they believe what they believe, why they hold on to the faith that they hold on to. And every religion on earth has a set of beliefs that they consider to be central to their faith. Every religion on earth. Those fundamental ideals hold the structure of their belief system. In other words, those things that they believe, those things that they consider to be central to them, those are the things that hold their belief system in place for them. For the Jews, the Torah, which is the whole of the laws given to the Israelites at Mount Sinai is the center of their beliefs. For the, you know, they believe that they must follow God's law, which which govern their daily life. The Ten Commandments to the each of the Jews is the central piece, is the practical ways in which they obey God. For the Muslim, they have what is called the five basic beliefs, which is practiced based on their five uh, pillars of faith. And then, if you look at the Muslims, you will look at most of all the things that they talk about is based around those particular five pillars and those five uh, ways of practicing their faith. Now if you look about the if you look about, if you, if you begin to talk about the Hindus, the Hindus work, have what we call the nine fundamental truths that they summarize in the, in the, that summarizes all their belief. And while the basic concept of the Buddhist is summed up is what is, in what is referred to as the four noble truths. And those four noble truths leads people to the noble eight path that they travel. All these things are the fundamentals of each of those major religions. And each of those religions, they, they make sure that they build their belief system and their lives around those fundamental truth. And if you begin to attack any of those fundamental truths, that means that you are going to begin to erase or take away the foundation upon which their faith is standing. So you see, every religion has its own core beliefs. Every religion. And that dictates what they believe and how they practice. Now, the basis of the Christian faith can be summed up under five basic headings. The basis of the Christian faith can be summed up under five headings. The first one is the nature of God. What is the nature of God? Christianity teaches that there is a triune God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Who, who is omniscient, who is omnipotent, omnipresent, and His grace and mercy, you know, and, and He shows His grace, His mercy, His holiness, and uh, his, his justice to all His children. Not only the nature of God. We talk about Christianity also teaches about the nature of man. The nature of man is that man is a sinner. Man is born a sinner. And due to the falling of the, due to the fall, man cannot find his way back unto God, except of course there's a redeemer in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then the third thing that you find about the Christian faith is the nature of salvation. How is man saved? How is man reconciled back unto God? 
Okay, every religion have a way of saying how you find your way back to God. To some people, all you have to do is pray five times a day and you are back unto God. To some people, all you have to do is lose yourself into nothingness. And that's how you find your way back to God. But in the Bible teaches that the wages of sin is death, but the sin and the gift of God is eternal life. Through Christ Jesus, who died for us, and there is no salvation. There is no salvation in any other way except by the atoning sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you have the first one, the nature of God. The second one, the nature of of man the third one is the nature of salvation the fourth one is the nature of worship the bible teaches us god requires his own people that we should not worship any other person but him alone and in the way we worship god we we worship we worship god also through the expression of our fellowship with other believers in other words the way you interact with other believers is an expression of how you worship the lord we worship the lord in the way we talk we worship the lord in our service we worship the lord in the work of our hands we worship the lord when we give unto him we worship the lord when we serve our own fellow man so those are some of the things and then the final thing that Christianity teaches is the nature of eternity. When we leave this place, what happens? To some people or to some faith, when a man dies, that is the end of the story. They fade into nothingness. They just disappear. They become part of the whole universe. For some people, when you die, you end up in heaven with 72 virgins. When you die, you know, everything, you know, life, you know, all the things, all the indulgence that you have not been able to enjoy here, you are able to enjoy it over there. But the Bible teaches that there will be a final accounting. That there will be a final accounting, the result of which man will live, either live eternally with God or live eternally apart from God. The Bible teaches that there's going to be a final judgment. That a time will come when the Lord will come with with his cloud of angels and then the trumpet will sound. And those who are already in him will do what? Will go home with him. So that is the nature, those those are the fundamental things that the Bible teaches. Each of these five basic truths that have just been explained, each of these five basic truths have their own doctrinal position explained in the Bible. In other words, the Bible teaches us. There are specific teachings in the Bible concerning the nature of God. There are specific teachings in the Bible concerning the nature of man. There are specific teachings in the Bible concerning the nature of salvation. There are specific teachings in the Bible concerning the nature of worship. And there are specific teachings in the Bible concerning the nature of eternity. So all these five pillars have their own scriptural backing within, you know, we have their scriptural position that are expanded upon in scripture. And these are the things that we're going to be looking at that we started looking at last week and we're going to continue to look at for, for, for a while as we look through this particular series in Second Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, reading from verse number 15. The Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And if you look at that, the Bible, you know, a believer's steadfastness, a believer's stability, a believer's effectiveness in the Lord depend on his or her ability to be able to understand what the truths that are revealed in the scriptures. In other words, how far you walk with the Lord, how far you remain faithful to the Lord, how far you are effective in the things of God is a function of how well you know the Lord or how well you are working with Him. Because if you don't know Him very well, it will be difficult for you to maintain a consistent walk with the Almighty God. If you don't understand the nature of God, you don't understand what the Lord demands of His people, it will be very difficult for you to give an acceptable service unto the Lord God Almighty. And all the, and, and the lack of basic knowledge of the teachings of the Almighty God makes a Christian to be weak, makes a Christian's walk to be unstable. If you don't understand the basics of what 
the Lord is requiring of his people. If you don't understand exactly what the Lord wants from his people, what you will find is that you will become unstable in your work. Not only that, you become susceptible to doctrinal errors. In other words, people will come, they will say all sorts of things and you will believe it because you don't know what it is. Okay, You don't know what is required to be able to walk with the Lord. You don't know what it takes to remain faithful to the Lord. And if you don't know it, anybody can come and give you one kind of story and you will believe it because you don't know. And then finally, your productivity and your service in the kingdom of God, sorry, your service in the kingdom of God will become unproductive. Because when you start doing what you are not supposed to be doing, when you are behaving a certain way and you think that you are serving the Lord, what happens is that you think you are going to heaven while you have not even started the journey. The Bible tells us that there are people who, he said, Jesus Christ, when he was talking to his disciples, he said, a time will come that people will kill you and they will think they are doing God a service. In other words, if you do not understand what is in the scriptures, if you have not taken the time to understand the basics of the word of God, you will be doing a service. You will be doing what you consider to be service, but because you don't understand the basis of your service, what happens? You will not be, your service will be unproductive because it's not done according to the will of the almighty God. There are people, you know, if you see an individual who walks into a particular company, he doesn't have any relationship with that company. He's not employed by that company, he's not a contractor with that country, with that company. He's not even an, he's not an advisor to that company. He's not even a volunteer in that company, and then wants to get into that company and get paid. Come on, they will look at you as if something is definitely wrong with you. It's either you need your head checkup or you have messed up on your meds. The issue is that you there is a way in which the there is a way in which organization reward the people who are related to them when they do the work the way it should be done. The same thing in the kingdom of God. God will not reward you if you don't do the work the way He asks you to do it. If you are doing it in the way you feel it should be done, but that is not the prescription that God has given, your production, your service becomes unproductive. So the foundation upon which our faith is built are revealed in the Bible. The foundation upon which a productive service is offered to the Lord is revealed in the Bible. The foundation upon which we are our, our service and our communion with the fellow man is, you know, is revealed in the Bible. So that is why every Christian who wants to grow and be grounded in their work with the Lord must not only know how, no, must not only know what is in the Bible, but must take time to study the Word of God, to know exactly what is in there, and to be proficient in the teachings of the Word of God. As a believer, we should be well grounded in the truth of the Word of God. And why is that? Why should you be grounded? You remember why you'll be grounded? Because your faith will be confirmed when you are grounded in the word of God. When you understand exactly what the Lord is teaching. When you understand exactly what this Bible requires of you. What happens is that when you put those things in practice, what you will find is that you begin to see the results of those things. And when you see the result, it confirms your faith. It strengthens your position in the Almighty God. For those of us who have a little bit of science background, one of the things you'll find in the science world is that there's what is called the law of reproducibility. In other words, when you carry out a particular experiment in Germany, and you take the conditions and the, and, the, and the methodology, and you bring it to the States, you should get the same result. If you take that same experiment, and you take it to India, and, pat, and put the same condition, and the same circumstance, and the same methodology, and you employ it, you should get the same result. Take it to Africa, you will get the same result. Take it to Mars, you will get the same result. The same thing with the faith of the, with the same thing with the Christian faith. It doesn't matter where you practice it. It doesn't matter who practices it. 
It doesn't matter whether you are tall or short, fine or you know, or not so beautiful. It doesn't matter. What happened is that if you take the word of God and you practice it the way God expects you to be practiced, you will get the result that God expects you to get. And that is what happens when you understand what the word of God is teaching. When you understand what the word of God is teaching, you know exactly what is required. The Bible says, He that calls upon the name of the Lord shall not be put to shame. If you call upon the name of the Lord with sincerity of heart, you will not be put to shame. It's as simple as that. The Bible says, Give and it shall be given unto you. If you give, you will receive. The Bible makes us to understand that every those who walk with the Almighty God, the Lord God Almighty, his ears are always open unto his ears are always open unto that those individual. If you call, the ears of the Almighty God will be open. So when you are grounded in the word of God, it confirms your faith. Number two. It confronts the cynics. In other words, somebody comes and says that you are an idiot. Your brains have been checked out because you are not a Christian. But because you know what the Bible teaches, you can now take that same word and tell me which one makes more sense. To believe that I came out of an ape or to believe that God made me. Which one makes more sense? That something that this whole organized universe came out of came out of a, a just a big bang. Who created the big bang? Who you know I me? Mean? When you begin to understand what the Bible teaches, it makes it easy for you. You to be able to speak the word of God and to confront the cynics. That is why we understand that is why we need to understand the Bible. Not only that, when you understand the Bible, when you understand what is taught in the scripture, what it does for you is that it debunks the lies of Satan. When let's say Satan begin to come and begin to tell you stories that you know is not true. When Satan begin to tell you that you are a failure. When Satan begin to tell you that you are never going to be able to make it. When Satan begins to tell you that you are never going to be able to amount to anything. Because you know the word of God. The Bible says, I know the thought that I think towards you. They are the thought of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. You are able to say those, those, those same words back unto Satan. And say, Satan, you are a liar in my life. You are able to debunk the, the lies of Satan when you know the word of God. When you know the word of God. But if you don't know the word of God, it becomes it becomes very difficult for you to do what you don't, you know. It becomes very difficult for you to be able to respond to the to, to the to the challenges that the enemy throws our way. So please understand the word of God. The word of God is very, very important and it requires that we be able to spend time in it so that we can understand what is being saying. What is saying. A firm understanding of the Bible cannot be overemphasized because it helps us as individual Christians to know what we believe and why we believe what we believe. Because if somebody should ask you today, why do you believe what you believe? Do you have an answer? That's what Peter was saying. Peter said that we should make sure we are ready to give an answer to those who ask us the hope of our calling. In other words, why do you believe what you believe? Why do you come to church every morning on, on a Sunday morning? Why not go somewhere else? I mean, there are a thousand and one other things that you can be doing right now, but you are here. Why are you here? Unless you understand why you are here, the reason, you know, unless you read the scriptures, you might not fully have a good understanding of why you are here. Throughout this series of studies, we are going to be looking at the fundamental pillars of our faith. And that is the foundational teaching that we hold dear to our heart as Christian and as a church and as a particular body called Lifelong Anointing Church. We want to be able to understand what are the things that we hold here. What are the foundational pillars that makes our faith to be strong? That is the, that is why we're looking at this particular word. While it is not possible for us to cover every doctrine in the scripture, it's not possible. 
because there are so many of them. And if we do that, we are going to spend the whole year. And at one point in time, you are going to get tired of me just talking about it. So you're just going to say, please stop. We don't want to hear this anymore. Let's say something else. So that's why I'm not even going to do that. I'm just going to try and make sure we, we pick the ones that are very, very prominent and then make sure we dig deep into it so that we can understand what we're doing. Now, to make it easy for us to understand the various teachings of the scriptures, there are five, I've categorized them on five broad headings. Five broad headings. The first one is the fundamental teachings. The second one is the Christian ordinances. The third one is scriptural promises. The fourth one is Christian duties and responsibilities. And the fifth one is future events. We might not go in the same chronological order, but we are going to see as much as possible touch on each of these areas so that we at least we can have an understanding of what you know of what they are today we are looking at our first classification and that first classification is the fundamental christian teachings fundamental christian teaching and the word you know the word fundamental refers to the basis or the basic element of something on which others are based or built upon so when we talk about fundamental teaching we are talking about the very basic teaching upon which most of the bible doctrine are sitting on in other words they are like the pillars upon which your faith is resting if you take away any of those fundamental teaching, what you find is that you'll probably be skewed. And if you take too many of them away, you probably have no foundation anymore. Okay? So there are several things that to be considered in the, you know, that are considered to be, to be basic to the Christian faith. And for the purpose of these studies, we are going to consider the basic, you know, those, what, what we consider to be basic will be, number one, the Holy Bible. What is the Word of God? What is this book that we carry about every day? Why are people so pissed off by this particular book? Why do people really want to be, do everything possible to destroy the book? There are people when this when the printing press started by John Wycliffe and they wanted to you know start printing. The, there were people who made legislation that this should not happen. But eventually, the interesting thing is that the people who made the legislation that this should not happen, the Bible even outlines them. But that is a story for another day. So one of the foundational teaching is the Bible. The second one is the Godhead. You know, who is God? What is the nature of God? The Christian God that we're serving. You have heard people talk about that all religions are the same. You know, we're all serving the same God. And the only question that I always ask them is this. If we are serving the same God, then that God must be a serious troublemaker or also a serious Confucianist because he turns to one side of the world and says, yes, I have a son. His name is Jesus. And turn to the other side of the world and say, oh boy, don't mind those guys there. I don't have a son. The only person I have is Mohammed. And then the two of them start fighting each other. Okay? So that tells you, number one, that we are not serving the same God. Right. Something is wrong somewhere. If somebody said that we are serving the same God, it's either you are deceptive or you are ignorant. But I don't believe that they are ignorant because they know what they are talking about. But that's the story for another day. The next thing that we'll be looking at is the virgin birth. What is the nature of the virgin birth? What is the virgin birth? Why is it so important in the scheme of things when it comes to salvation? And then number four is the depravity of man. If man is all good, if man is all right, why do they need a savior? And then number five, is repentance the nature of repentance why do people need to repent and then the issue of restitution you have done a lot of terrible things before you became a christian and you think that by just saying lord i believe in you everything is okay it's not okay you have to be able to make amends you have to be able to make amends if you have stolen somebody's money and then you eventually realize that you have stolen that person's money and you still have that person's money in your pocket and you say lord i am sorry if you want to know that you are sorry you put your hands in that pocket take the money 
and give it back to that person. That's when you know that you are sorry. That is the basis of restitution. And then finally is what is called justification. What do we mean by justification? So these are some of the things that we are going to be covering. We might not cover everything. We might cover everything. It all depends on how the Spirit lives. But these seven teachings will provide a basic understanding of what the Christian faith is all about. And for those of us who already know, who are already aware of these seven teachings, it will help us to be able to understand the depth of each of those things. Help us, oh God, to be able to revisit those things that we have already known before. So let's now take a closer look at each of these seven teachings, and we will start with the very first one, which is the Holy Bible. What is the Bible? What is the Bible? The Bible is just a word that, you know, in English term, the word Bible means book. And that is why in the olden days, Christians are always referred to as the people of the book. Okay? So, the, the word Bible means the book. And what is what kind of book is it? What kind of book is the Bible? Some have suggested that it is a record of man's religious striving towards God. Some have also, say, also said that it is a record of man's encounter with God. In other words, they refer to the Bible as just another human book. Okay? Just another book written by humans. But to the Christian... The Bible is more than a record of the religious of man's religious striving. It is the written word of God. That is what we believe as Christian. The Bible is not just is not just a book about God. It is about the book about the about the written word of God. It is the book that tells us not just about God, but the very nature and the character of God. They are revealed in the pages of the Scripture. It tells us that God is love. It tells us that God is merciful. It tells us that God is a God of justice. It tells us that God is a God of righteousness. It gives us the nature of the Lord God Almighty and how we can approach that particular God. How we see the Bible, my brothers and sisters, how we see the Bible is very important because it holds the key to you knowing the existence of the Almighty God. If you see the Bible as just another book, you will treat it as just another book. If you see it as the Word of God, you will relate to it as the Word of God. If you see it as just another book, you will see it as just an addition to any other thing that you need to get but if you see it as the word of God you will see it as the final authority on the issues that pertain to life and godliness okay so as Christians we believe that the Bible is God's chosen instrument to reveal himself unto us in the Bible God reveals to us where we come from and what our ultimate destinies are the purposes of our life that is the things those are the, some, of, those are some of the things that are revealed to us in the scriptures in the bible god gives us a practical instruction heartwarming encouragement warnings and divine wisdom god's power wisdom and integrity are unveiled for us to see in the word of god if you look at the the the, 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 the scripture that we read this morning if you read, look at the scripture that we read this morning. Towards the end of it, in verse number sixteen, the Bible says, "All scripture is given by inter- by inspiration of God and is profitable." In other words, the word of God is profitable for doctrine, which is for teaching, for reproof. If you look at inside the scripture, it will tell you what you are doing wrong. That's why some people don't like to read it. Because he keeps telling you that, my friend, what you are doing is not right. So it is profitable for doctrine. It is profitable for reproof. It is profitable for correction. Somebody is doing something wrong and you want to correct them. You open the page of the scripture and you show them what you are doing is not right. It is profitable for correction. It is also profitable for instruction. What do you want to do in life? You will find instructions in the scriptures. And it is profitable for instruction in righteousness. And why is that? So that the man of God may be complete. Thoroughly equipped in every 
good work. That is what the Bible's purpose is. So that you can be equipped to live a life that is productive. So that you can live a life that can glorify the name of the Lord. So that you can be somebody who will not be tossed up and down by the changing wills and the changing ideas of men. But you will be stable, fully anchored in the truth of the word of God. Now, what is the composition of the Bible? How is the Bible composed? The Bible, how, you know, how is the Bible organized? You know, the Bible is organized into two sections. Many of us here already know. We are, you know, it's organized into two sections. The Old Testament and the New Testament. In the New, in the Old Testament, you have 39 books. In the New Testament, you have 27 books. And the interesting thing about the New Testament is that 32% of the books in the New Testament refer back to the Old Testament. So there is, there is a bridge between the Old and the New Testament. In other words, whatever is happening in the Old Testament, you will see the refer- you will see it being referred to in the New Testament. The principles that the Lord Almighty revealed to us in the Old Testament, you will see them in practice in the New Testament. So there is a, there is a connection between the two of them. And the interesting thing about the Bible is that it is not written by one individual. The Bible is written by 40 different authors, 40 different individuals who wrote the Bible for over a thousand and two hundred years period. They wrote it over one thousand two hundred year period. So even if there is a conspiracy between the two of them, between those 40 people, and they say, let's get together. Let us begin to make, you know, let's mess with people's mind. Let's write all the whole, let's write the whole story. I mean, for one thousand two hundred years, somebody would have said, no, I'm tired of this conspiracy. But you see, it's written over one thousand two hundred years, and the Old Testament was written for a thousand years that's the space between Genesis and the, and the book of Malachi it took a thousand years to put those documents together and in the Old Testament and the New Testament it took a hundred years to put together okay the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament was written in Greek and in Aramaic now the question that people talk about you know we said at the very beginning that people refer to the Bible as just another word written by you know another word written by man but Christians believe that it is the inspired word of God it is the inspired word of God in second second Peter chapter second uh, Peter chapter one the Bible tells us knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation for the prophecy came not in, not in all times by the will of men but holy men of God were moved but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, reading from verse number 16, the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, everything that is written here is given by the inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good work. The inspiration of the Bible is not the inspiration that you see in a work of art where somebody just wakes up in the morning and just start painting it is not that is not the inspiration we're talking about it's not the inspiration of somebody who just sits at the piano and start typing and start you know stroking the keys just because they receive you know their spirit is lifted no an inspiration that we're talking about in the written in the writing of the bible is the inspiration that god himself guided inspiration that god himself guided and he guided the writer so that they wrote what god wanted written they preserved the things that God wanted them to preserve. They wrote and they highlighted the things that God wanted them to highlight with and disclosing the exact truth that God wanted to be described. In other words, they were doing the things that God wanted them to put in place. They were writing the things that God wanted them to write. God did not dictate the Bible. There are religions that tells us that their own holy book was from heaven. God sat down and said, hey, Mr. Secretary or Mr. Prophet, now start writing. 
I am God. And then you write it down, I am God. And then you know, that's, that is their claim. But when you read through that particular scripture, you will find a lot of inconsistency. And then you probably wonder whether God's mind, their God's mind was probably wandering at that time. So that he will say something and then contradict himself on the other way. There are people who have actually studied that particular, that particular uh, book and they said that it's a poor work of plagiarism. Because what they did was that they, you know, let's leave that one alone. But God did not dictate the Bible as people expect it to be. God guided the writer. And that is why the Bible, though the word of God, has the character and the experience of human writers. What does that mean? It means that when you read the book of Genesis, it's different from the book of Deuteronomy. If you read the book of Deuteronomy, it's different from the book of Joshua. If you read the book of Joshua, it's different from the Psalms. If you read the Psalms, it's different from the book of the songs. If you read the songs, it's different from the prophets. The prophets are different from the New Testament. It's because of the character of the individuals who wrote these words. They wrote it based on their own experiences and their encounter with the Almighty God. That did not diminish the revelation of the Almighty God. That simply means that if my brother can be received, there's a way that the Lord interacts with my brother, which is different from the way he will interact with you, which is different from the way he will interact with my sister. But that does not diminish the fact that God is interacting with all of them together. That is the way the Bible was composed. And that's why when you read the book of Peter, you will see the difference in the way Paul writes and the way Peter writes. Paul writes based on the fact that he was a PhD in his own day, a fully accomplished scholar in Jewish doctrine. And then you look at Peter, Peter was a practical fisherman, not very educated, but the truth of the word of God was still communicated to those two individuals. So what we are seeing is that the word of God, the Bible is the word of God, but the character of the people who wrote it was reflected through those particular pages of the scripture. And the interesting thing about the Bible is this. God never glosses over the character of his people. When they are good, he says they are good. When they are bad, he says they are bad. Unlike some other scriptures that wants to paint the picture that their prophet is all perfect. Our prophets in the scriptures are human just like us. The only thing is that the grace of God is special in their life. And that is why you can see that Abraham was a friend of God. And yet he kept on lying to Abimelech. You can see that David was a man after God's own heart. And yet he can cheat and commit adultery and also commit murder. And then you can see all the various intermingling behavior within the individuals that people relate, that the individuals are related to the Almighty God. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.